Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. She is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. She is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Our Heavenly Father, even as we launch into a new topic, Holy Spirit, we ask that your presence, your spirit of wisdom and revelation, and your conviction will march through this series with us. In Jesus' name, Amen. And this will be the first in our series on how to keep yourself sexually pure. How to keep yourself sexually pure. I want to inform you that this is a topic that is very dear to my heart. I appreciate the Lord Jesus because he can save anybody. One of my greatest challenges as a human being was sexual promiscuity. I started very young and by age 10, I had slept with one of my own half-sisters. That's what we call incest. By age 12, myself and two of my other brothers had slept with the same girl the same day. When I got to the secondary school, one friend of mine taught me how to masturbate and I started masturbating from secondary school form 3 all the way to secondary school form 5 I even masturbated in the classroom on one occasion and I went ahead with that to the 6th form in Ghana during my time you spend two years before going to the university. And we call that time the sixth form. And so, I'm sharing with you how Jesus picked me up when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Jesus came into my heart. I became what we commonly call born again. And a change came over me. That week, 
1973 the masturbation left me never to come back this is the 47th year since I gave my life to Jesus I have never masturbated again if this is not Jesus tell me who did it I qualify to talk about sexual impurity and how to stay sexually pure as a Christian because I was engaged to the lady I'm married to now for close to four and a half years. We were on the university campus and I never kissed her. I never fondled her. There was no lip sucking, no lollygagging, recabooing, nothing of the sort. And I vowed to God that if He would keep me sexually pure until my wedding day, I would have a three day fast during my honeymoon as thanksgiving. And that is exactly what God did and what I also did. I have been pastoring now for 42 years and my office was on the University of Ghana Legon campus for well into 20 years. I have seen every kind of girl and every kind of dressing and I'm here to report that God is my witness. There is no rumor anywhere of my ever compromising my stand or my behavior on being involved in a questionable way with any lady. Now, I'm saying that the grace of God can keep you sexually pure. That is my statement. And I want to begin this series by defining what we mean by sexual purity. And then after that, we shall try to work on a list of sexual sins from the angle of the Bible and the Christian sense. Then, I want to tackle, finally, why premarital sex is wrong. So, first of all, what do we mean by sexual purity? Sexual purity is the personal choice and determination to keep your spirit and conscience, your heart, your mind, your imaginations, your emotions, your attitudes, your utterances, your actions and 
general behavior as pure as Jesus Christ. That is the meaning of sexual purity. Now let me come again from the angle of the scripture. In 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 22, Paul tells Timothy, Do not be a partaker of other men's sins. Keep yourself pure. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 22. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. And do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. And this applies to even people who are married. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4. The Bible says marriage should be honorable among all people. And the marriage bed kept undefiled. Because adulterers and fornicators, God himself will judge. Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, the Bible says that, Anybody who hopes that when Jesus arrives, we shall be transformed to be like him, you purify yourself just as he is pure. First John chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who has this hope in Jesus purifies himself just as he is pure. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, brothers, because we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of spirit and flesh and perfect holiness in the fear of God. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And the last two scriptures I want us to read are Matthew chapter 5. I want us to read verse 28. Where Jesus raises the bar for the Christian. That even though in the Old Testament it was written that thou shalt not commit adultery. Now he tells us that anyone who looks at a woman to lust after her 
in your heart. You have already committed adultery with her. It's gazetted. Matthew chapter 5 verse 28. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And then in Mark chapter 7 from verse 21 to 23, Jesus lists the sins that make us dirty before God. Mark 7, 21 And that includes sexual sins. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. All these evils come from within. They come from the heart. And they make us dirty. Now, it is important to list what things the Bible considers sexual impurity, sexual immorality. I will call some of the lists and then we shall juggle some of them. But finally, try to get an idea of the no-go areas that the Bible has put on us. Let's start from the Old Testament. In Leviticus chapter 18, Leviticus chapter 18, I want us to read all the way from verse 4. We are reading all the way to verse 10. And just listen to the list. Leviticus, we are in chapter 18. Reading from verse 4 to verse 10. 18. Yes. 4 through to 10. You must obey my laws and be careful to follow my decrees. I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and laws, for the man who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. No one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. No one is to approach close relative to have sexual relationships. That's incest. Yes. Do not dishonor your father by having sexual relations with your mother. Correct. She is your mother. Do not have relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your father's wife. That would dishonor your father. Do not have sexual relations with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born in the same home or elsewhere. Do not have sexual relations with your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. That would dishonor you. Please, let's read on. I want us to read this passage because when I googled, And I saw the countries that have legalized incest. You can sleep with any family member now. Some have legalized sexual relations with animals. Some have legalized same-sex marriages. 
I, I, I just, please go down the list a little for us. From 11 going. Yes. Do not have sexual relations with the daughter of your father's wife. Born to your father. She is your sister. Do not have sexual relations with your father's sister. She is your father's close relative. 13 now. Do not have sexual relations with your mother's sister. Because she is your mother's close relative. Do not dishonor your father's brother by approaching his wife to have sexual relations. She is your aunt. Do not have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. Do not have relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your brother's wife. That would dishonor your brother. Do not have sexual relations with both a woman and a daughter. Do not have sexual relations with either her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter. They are her close relatives. That is wickedness. Do not take your wife's sister as a rival wife and have sexual relations with her while your wife is living. Do not approach a woman to have sexual relations during the uncleanness of her monthly period. Do not have sexual relations with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself with her. Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Molech. For you must not profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Now, please, I want to explain. It is easy to take the times in which we live to represent the way God also is. We serve an unchanging God in a fast-changing world. The culture of any country can change. The laws of the nation can change. But the words of God are unchangeable because God himself is unchangeable. What theologians say, he is immutable. God cannot change for the better. That means he was not God at first. He cannot change for the worse. That means he ceases to be God. He cannot change in himself. And he cannot be threatened, coerced from outside to change. Because then that means he does not control all the power in the world. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, I the Lord, I change not. Therefore you, sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Or the son of man that he should repent. Has he said something? Will he not do it? Has he spoken? Will he not bring it to pass? And Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, we are told that the Holy Spirit is the eternal spirit. We meet the Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, 
we meet the Holy Spirit in the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. God does not change. His standards do not change. His character does not change. His promises do not change. Jesus Christ is the same and changeable. And so is the Holy Spirit. No Christian should get the idea that because everybody is doing something and your country has legislated something that there is nothing wrong with it. Therefore, well, God is forced to accept the terms which we give him. The Godhood of God makes it such that all human dealings with him remain at a, a stage where he himself determines what should be done. He is an eternal character. Therefore, be patient with me as I go through the list for you. I know this is not exhaustive, but number one, the Bible talks about fornication. Fornication is from a Greek word, pornaya. Pornaya is where we get pornography, pornography from. It means to sell yourself cheaply for sex. Number two, adultery. Adultery is sexual involvement with somebody when one of the parties is already married. Number three, Incest. Incest is sexual relations with somebody who is a close family member. Number four, rape. Rape is forcing somebody to have sexual relations with the person. When force is involved, and the, the will, free will, the volition of the other parties not involved. Number five, masturbation. Masturbation is having sexual actions with your own self. Number six, homosexuality. Same-sex relations between a man and a, another man. Number seven, lesbianism. When two women are involved in sexual relationships. Number eight, sexual relations with spiritual beings. We call it spiritual marriages. If you are such that at night when you sleep, spirits come and have sexual relationship with you. 
they defile you sexually, spiritually. Number nine, phone sex. They call it sexting. Instead of just text, texting, you are sexting. Number ten, group voyeurism or wife switching. Wife swapping, wife switching. When groups of couples agree to switch or swipe wives and sleep with each other with the permission of the couples. Then, 11, pornography. Pornography is sexually explicit books, videos, movies, things that tear you up lustfully. Then, we have what we call inordinate affection. Inordinate affection is when you are lasting after somebody of the opposite sex and it is improper. You are flirting with somebody at work even though you are married or in school. Sometimes it begins as infatuation. You see a lady, you go gaga, you are crazy. But after some time you see another lady and you are equally crazy about her. And then bestiality. Bestiality is sex with an animal. Sexual relations with an animal. Now, I believe you see where the list is going. And that is not exhaustive. I want us to read three more passages to cement my point. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We are reading from verse 9 to verse 11. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through to 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Yes. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. I want you to notice that in the list, he differentiates between the, the shades of sexual immorality. The Greek word arsenokoites. 
is from two words put together. Absent, meaning man. And then coitus, bed. Men who go to bed with men. Now, the, the other passage is Romans chapter 1. I want us to read verse 24, 26, and 28. You can go home and study the passage on your own. Romans 1, 24, 26, and 28. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. Yes. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I, 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 what I want you to see is that Three times in that passage, Paul repeats that. God gave them up. God gave them up. God gave them up. It means that, you see, spiritually, people are involved in sexual impurities and sexual immorality because they did not want to retain God in their mind. And so God said, okay, you want to do this? Go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Now, the last passage I want us to read on this score is Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19 to 21, the scripture is clear again. And it brings up shades of sexual immorality again. Galatians 5. We are reading from verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness. What I want you to see is, he mentions adultery. Then he mentions fornication. Then he mentions uncleanness, akatharsia. You, you see, He has just lined up sexual sins as the senior prefects of the works of the flesh. Yes. Lasciviousness. Yes. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Hatred. Variance. Emulations. Wrath. Strife. Seditions. Heresies. Envies. Murders. Drunkenness. Revelings. And such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they will do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what is the argument today? Number one, well, we love each other. And when we have sex with one another, is it hurting you? What's your problem? We love each other. Second argument. Everybody is doing it. Everybody is doing it. And they are teasing me that, oh, I'm remaining a blessed virgin. And uh, all. And they, you know, everybody is doing it. A third argument is, well, 
Why do you want me to be governed by a book which is 2,000 years old? Why, why are we are living in the 21st century and you want a book which is as old as the Bible to rule me today in the modern life we are in? Yet another argument is, but the government has legalized it. The government has legalized it. And still, another argument is, but if I don't have sexual relations with a lady, how can I know she is compatible with me? How can I know we are compatible? And the list goes on. And we justify, oh, but we are going to get married anyway. Therefore, what is wrong with it? Now, I want to advance as the last part of my sermon. Eight reasons why premarital sex is always wrong. Many people feel that God is just sitting in heaven and making difficult laws and saying that sexually banning us and so on. But God's laws are meant for your good, not for God's good. When God says you should not steal, when you go to steal and the thief is caught, and he's being slapped and he's jailed, he's imprisoned, and public outcry. It's not God who is jailed, it's not God who is shamed. The law you, you shall not steal is for your good. In the same way, all the sexual no go areas in the Bible are for your good. What does premarital sex do? Number one, it brings in unwanted, unprepared for pregnancy. You are not ready, you know, hundreds of thousands of babies are aborted, they are killed. Why? Because you had a sexual act and you were not prepared for pregnancy and it came. And you, the choice is yours. You either kill the baby or you take the pregnancy and the consequences. Nine months and all that. And bring into the world a baby you are not ready for. And the baby starts life with rejection. Number two, sexually transmitted diseases. From HIV, AIDS, to syphilis, gonorrhea, herpes, many, many of these sexually transmitted diseases have defied medical science. And you get in your body very severe results of indiscriminate sex. Number three, 
the abortions. The abortions scar not only your womb, but your conscience. Look, when Cain killed his brother in Genesis chapter 4 from verse 9, God told Cain that, look, your brother's blood which you shed is crying and the shout has reached me in heaven. But even Abel was old before Cain killed him. If you kill a baby, a, an innocent child, your conscience carries the mark of shedding innocent blood. Because Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you came out of your mother's womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1 verse 15 the Bible says the child will be filled with the Holy Spirit from the mother's womb. You can never cause abortion and go away free of charge. When you look at the abortion lists and the numbers, your heart. But that comes out of premarital sex. Now, number four, the soul tie. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, Paul tells us that whenever you have sexual relationships with the opposite sex or with someone, you become one flesh with the person and you are joined spiritually to the person your souls are tied together and the verse 17 he says when you join yourself with jesus you become one spirit with jesus the truth is that whenever you have sexual relations with any human being your soul is linked up together with that person and for years to come that person has access to you sexually. If you have been involved in it, you understand what I'm saying. Then, number five, premarital sex leads to distrust of one another in marriage. Because you could not control yourself before the wedding. Whenever you travel or you see your other partner moving with somebody of the opposite sex, electric signals begin to flash in your head that, ah, she wasn't able to control herself when we were in courtship. I should be careful. She will give herself to this man. And she too says, Ah, how can I know whether he is not sleeping around with another girl? You can't trust one another because you were not able to stay sexually pure in the period before the marriage. 
Number six, premarital sex lays a foundation of always putting sex and sexual lust in a place within the marriage context which it should not have because it blinds you to the faults of the one you are courting or the one who is courting you because you are sexually involved with the person you cannot see any other faults and when you enter into the marriage sex looms up and takes an unhealthy place if sexual relations were so big then we who are married will not come out of our bedrooms marriage is not just sex number seven the argument that when you give yourself to a man it means he will agree to marry you. It's wrong. Men see women they sleep with as conquered territory. So, they go around looking for somebody they can conquer. If you really love the girl, and you are going to marry her, why are you in a hurry to sleep with her? After all, she is going to be yours for 40, 50, 60 years of marriage. Why the hurry? If it is not last. But the flip side, and every guy should hear this. Some ladies too go around looking for a man they can have a child with. Who is handsome enough to give them a handsome child. But they are not interested in a marriage. Sometimes they want money. And so the lady can just give in to you and you are hooked. You are hooked. And vice versa. I know ladies who are pregnant but they rush quickly to another man and then when they sleep around with you they say oh the pregnancy is yours. That's it. The more I counsel people on this, the more I see that it's a fallacy to think that love means sleep with me before marriage. Look at Amnon and Tamar. In 2 Samuel chapter 13, Amnon loved Tamar, his own half-sister. But it was last. After sleeping with her, he hated her, pushed her out. That's it. Then, number eight. Premarital sex plays a very big role. An angel was sent two times to tell the mother and then later on the father that this child has a destiny. 
But he messed up because of sexual sin, sexual immorality. It broke him and his ministry forever. Do you remember Bathsheba and King David? Look, from 2 Kings chapter 1 all the way to chapter 11, David kept rising and rising and rising and rising. From the time he sinned in the Bathsheba case, he started getting punishment after punishment waves came upon the kingdom and he paid for it for the rest of his life. Do you remember Reuben in Genesis chapter 35 from verse 22? Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob, went and slept with Jacob's wife. And Jacob heard it and kept quiet. The day he was going to die, in Genesis 49, he called all his children. And Jacob cursed Reuben and said, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my excellency, my strength. You will not prevail again because you went up to my bed. You went to my couch. And after cursing him and dealing with the rest, he folded his legs and died. There was no appeal court. You see? Reuben, if you read the whole Bible, no king came from the tribe of Reuben. No judge, no prominent person came from the tribe of Reuben because of sexual immorality. Sex can destroy your ministry. It can destroy your life. It can destroy your family. Sex can destroy... Everything you stand for, your friends abandon you when they get to know that you are sexually immoral, undependable. You see? And your conscience begins to worry you. Sexual sins can collapse your ministry altogether. I can tell you of ministry, man of God, woman of God after woman of God who were destroyed by sexual immorality if you cannot control your pants before marriage what makes you think you can control it after marriage now let me close this sermon you can overcome sexual sin I'll give you two keys today and leave the rest for next week. Number one key is your crucifixion and union with Jesus Christ. Please remember that only the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ can keep us sexually pure. The Bible says in Romans 6, 3 and 4, that we were crucified with Jesus, we died with Jesus, we were buried with Jesus in baptism. We were made alive together with Him. Galatians 3.27 says, As many as have been baptized into Christ Jesus have put on Christ as a dress. And Ephesians 2.5 and 6, it says that 
You have been made alive together with Jesus. We have been raised together with Jesus. We have been made to sit together with Jesus in the heavenly places. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians 1.27 Christ in you, the hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. All things have become new. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Matthew 28.18 and 20 He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, I am with you always to the close of the age. So what do we have? We have been crucified with Christ. We died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We have been raised together with Christ. We have put on Christ. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. And we have been made alive together with Christ. We have been raised together with Christ. We are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. We are dead. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Christ is our life. Therefore, there is no power of sexual addiction, sexual immorality. There is no habit of sexual impurity which can hold you prisoner in Christ. Break off today in the name of Jesus. Be loosened, be released, be released in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, receive your freedom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And lastly, the indwelling mighty Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus, when he died, he was raised from the dead. By the Holy Spirit. Therefore, God's Spirit dwells in us. And the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. See, Romans chapter 8. I will work on that, God willing, next week. But so far, I want you to understand that the resurrected Lord Jesus. Is enough reason for you to break free from sexual sin. Even if you fall, get up. If you fall again, get up again in the name of Jesus. And let pornography be far from you. Break from every sexual sin and immorality. And Christ will give you light. God bless you in Jesus' name. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Men's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensministries.org. God bless you.